0: Thought Dungeons. Four Bristle Toothbrushes. Presidential Donuts. Elvis. Harry Potter and more episodes of Blackout. Welcome to Awesome Today.
1: Awesome Today is a mostly daily show about stuff. Don't overcomplicate it. It's barely edited and sometimes offensive. Enjoy it,
0: and have an awesome today.
1: Sound
0: design
1: soundtrack. Yes, trying to clattering around in the cabinet.
0: Good day. Hello, and how are you? I'm excellent. Can't you tell?
1: Hmm. I'm tired. You are. You are. I am. Feeling there's been hello? a
0: lot. There's been a lot going on today. Yes, including a little bit of extended family turmoil.
1: Yes, which. Always
0: exhausts me. Sure. Yes. I'm just tired. I'm fighting to make my first response not be the one that my mind thinks of because it isn't always the nice response.
1: That's fair. That's fair. It's an effort. I may fail. Yep. But
0: it's at least I'm aware.
1: You got to visit with your spiritual director today. I did. Sometimes that leaves you feeling... Um, more, you know, contemplative thoughts sometimes yeah. it leaves you feeling more contemplative questions.
0: Yeah. Both. Both. Yes. Questions, thoughts. All the things. Except for the answers.
1: Well, thank you for coming and sitting down. So did can...
0: you want me to expound or not? No. I think okay. that's good
1: just to say hey, you know okay. you got it. Yeah. You're in the thought dungeon with other thoughts. <laughs> yeah. The
0: the there's a little cesspool river of thoughts that run along the floor of the dungeon, and
1: that's where you. I'm get- in
0: the last dungeon where the drainage from all the other cells <laughs> runs through.
1: <laughs> it's true. All right, well, let's um, leave the thought dungeon for just a little bit. Okay, and-
0: I do want to add. Oh, that my allergies are
1: yes. revving
0: the old throttle, and so I just glanced at my notes, and it's a blur. I see nothing. So if my head disappears from the camera, I'm not. Trying to reach down and kiss my own ass goodbye because of a tornado or something. I'm just trying to see my notes.
1: Allergies, we won't bore you with the details of the allergy uh, projection for Oklahoma City. Just know that it's not being kind to us right now.
0: It's a real thing.
1: It's anti-awesome. Okay, well, let's talk about a couple of things from history that were awesome okay. as we kick off our discussion today. Do it. There's a whole list, okay? June 26th is not a non notable day, it's, it's a notable day.
0: A lot of stuff. It was a little bit labor intensive to filter it down.
1: Yes. Let's get to our no- notables. <laughs> I'm literally right. never going to stop this saying it. This is the
0: end of, of Awesome <laughs> Never. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone.
1: I love it so much.
0: I'm going to lay down in the thought dungeon slime and see if I can slide on out of my cell. Okay,
1: 1498. Thank you to China. The Chinese invented the toothbrush in 1498. According to our twins, that never happened because (laughs) they are
0: real toothbrushing
1: resistant.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say they were... Anti-Chinese. No, I was really concerned there for a minute.
1: totally fine okay. with people of all nationalities. So certainly
0: and grown cities. up amongst diversity. I would be amongst surprised. Amongst
1: diversity. No. They're anti-toothbrushing. Okay. Yeah. I see that. So they like to pretend like this day in history never happened. But it's true. In 1498 uh, in China, the toothbrush was invented. The first one you might like to know was made from boar bristle.
0: Of course it was.
1: You have some experience with boar bristle, as do you? Yes.
0: The two ways, because I have two times the experience. You
1: have two times. The experience. You have one. Yes.
0: Um, traditionally, shaving brushes. Yes. Which obviously that isn't a big thing in my life right now.
1: But it was. But it was
0: um, shaving brushes have been made from either boar bristle or badger hair. Yes, that's right. And that and. It was common for many types of brushes and things, including toothbrushes to be made of boar's bristle for a long time, and we have owned boar's bristle toothbrushes. Yes. Which sounds creepy, but they're sanitized, all that, and if
1: you get a well-made one, they're actually pretty nice toothbrushes. Very nice, yes. Yeah, it's a different experience from Mm -hmm. your usual pharmacy uh, shelf toothbrush, for sure. It is hard to imagine and remember, I, it's hard for me to imagine because I was there, but it's hard for me to remember that for nearly a decade, maybe even more than a decade, I can't remember the exact dates, you were a hobbyist and enthusiast of wet shaving? A practitioner. A practitioner, even. Even?
0: What, that's what I was.
1: Yes. Of wet shaving, which mm-hmm. involved the fancy shaving brushes and the soaps and the all the things, the double, what were they called? Double... Edge double
0: edge safety razors. Yeah. You're acting like this is, you know, frivolity. It's history. Yeah, I it's history, it's and it's a frivolous Well you, you spoke of it as though it, you, a hobby. Oh, it wasn't okay. A hobby. It was a return to an older methodology that was better. Yes. Before technology kind of missed the mark, but was easier. So yes, I went back to traditional wet shaving, which used a brush and a soap that was actually a soap and not a detergent. I used a double-edge safety razor, which I still use for my neck and cheeks when I do that, and uh, even tinkered with a straight razor for a little while.
1: That's right. Mm -hmm. Yes. So... Thank you to boars for giving us your bristles. Yes.
0: So and we... your fat for our soaps.
1: There, there we go.
0: And your meats for our bacons.
1: Okay. Thank you, boars. Thank you, God, for creating yeah. boars, because we use them yes. a lot, I suppose.
0: As all of us who are not eating kosher.
1: That's right. That's true. Good point.
0: Or what is Muslim also
1: yes, a no-pork
0: religion? Muslims
1: don't eat pork as well as yeah. kosher keeping Jewish
0: yeah. people. So it's more bacon for me. <laughs> And more toothbrushes.
1: <laughs> and more toothbrushes. Don't eat the toothbrushes. Okay. On this day in 1963, President John F. Kennedy uh, gave the speech known as the I- Ich bin ein Berliner. Nope. I messed it up. I messed it's up all you. of the vowels in that. I'm real bad at German. It is the, it, historians say, the most important speech of the Cold War era It was meant to create a sense of solidarity with the West Berlin people uh, who were...
0: He was hopefully, in the title of the speech, saying, I too am a Berliner.
1: Yes. However, speculation, language is hard, not just for me, but also for JFK. He may have actually said, I am a donut.
0: Indeed. Which... Maybe why it was a semi-successful speech, because who doesn't love donuts? <laughs>
1: <laughs> who doesn't love donuts to the point of just, I'll just be one. It's mm-hmm. fine. Okay. 1977, my birth year. You have a special fondness for 1977.
0: And for Geminis.
1: And for Geminis. But this is not a Gemini. Not that I know of.
0: It's a Gemini performance. Um,
1: yes. The last performance of elvis presley the king the king of rock and roll gave his last performance public performance on this day in 1977 he would later die that year supposedly Mm -hmm. on august the 16th
0: i'm torn as to whether or not he's dead because pooping yourself to death seems like a pretty extravagant detail for faking your death Pick something a little bit more commonplace, so it's not fantastic like that,
1: right? Well, I mean, yes, there's a case to be made for that, certainly. But on the other hand, it's kind of a great strategy to be like, nobody would fake their own death by pooping themselves to death. He surely died. It's,
0: but it's the thing is, is that it's left the question open. Yeah. There, there were other ways to be more convincing.
1: It's true. So that was in 1977. Now in 1994, bringing it up a little bit more current. On this day in Death Valley, California, Death Valley really living up to its name. Mm-hmm. It hit a high temperature of 126 degrees Fahrenheit, 52.2 degrees Celsius.
0: Centigrade. <laughs>
1: Whether you're looking at Fahrenheit or centigrade. That's hot, but it is the desert, <laughs> it's so a dry, it's heat. The dry heat. Dry <laughs> heat.
0: One time, yes, back when I was coaching, um, in the off-season, we would have, we'd always give, not always, we would sometimes have fancy names for get-togethers of different coaching staffs. And okay. so we had, for a few years in a row, a traveling summit meeting for those schools who ran a similar style of defense. Basically, it was an opportunity to, yes, talk ball and get a little better outside of your own little echo chamber of coaching. Um but also to reconnect with friends. And so we'd gone sure. to, oh gosh, I can't remember now if it was University of Arizona. It was University of Arizona, not, okay. not Arizona State, University of Arizona. And, and you work stupid hours when you're coaching. We'd been inside from sunup to sundown. And I think we walked out the door at a little after 10 o'clock that night to, Go eat dinner somewhere and just hit with a blast of that
1: mm-hmm. quote
0: dry heat. That it was
1: dry desert heat.
0: over a hundred degrees by some amount i can 't remember, and yeah, we had this oh it's a dry heat and we're like no it it's freaking hot, man it doesn't matter it's hot at night. this is weird.
1: Yes, so. it's hot. It for sure is. I know at least one of our superstars, Jessica, I don't know if she's listening, but at least one of our superstars lives in Arizona. I'm wondering if it is soaring to those heights already out in Arizona. I don't know. Okay. One last uh, note notable is that in 1977, on this very day, June 26th, the first of the Harry Potter books was released by J.K. Rowling. Uh, now remember when it was first published in the UK, the first Harry Potter book was called Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. However, when it was released a year later in the United States, it was released under the title Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. There's a story behind this and I failed to give it a side goog and so I don't remember what the story is. But maybe... Yeah.
0: We'll give an <laughs> air high-five to whoever figures that out.
1: Maybe they felt like Philosopher's Stokes a little advanced for U.S. Right. kids.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you guys don't really understand philosophy. Let's stick with Sorcerer. <laughs>
1: That feels right. That feels right. So lots going on. Like Kyle said, we paired this list down into yeah. a few of these little factoids for you. Um but June 26, this that's a happening day. A lot going on. A lot it's also on. it's also the feast day for Saint Jose Escriva. Mm-hmm. Jose Maria Escriva. Thank you. I was yes. going to
0: I was gonna correct you.
1: Yes, so Saint Jose mm-hmm. Maria Escriva, pray for us. Please need it. Do it. Okay. So we are continuing on with blackout. Not the blackout. I've searched in my podcast app for the blackout. It's not there's no the. Mm, No the. No the, no the. No article before it. It's blackout.
0: The two things two words combined. It's a compound word. That
1: it that is. There's no hyphen
0: or space. It's just the one thing.
1: Yes. I have managed to forget my glasses. And so you might see me referencing my notes that I wrote. By hand. Okay. Pen and paper.
0: Me too. I see your notepad is bigger than mine.
1: (laughs) I have to, no, I have to take more notes or I will not remember what happened.
0: That has nothing to do with it. I could have multiple pages of notes. Yeah. But my notepad's smaller.
1: This is actually a planner.
0: So. Is that what's happening? Yes. You planned this episode? I, I planned it. I planned it. I just noted it.
1: Now, we were thrilled to find out that a number of you, a handful of you, whatever you want to quantify it as, are also listening to the a A plethora? I don't think it's a quorum by far, but a plethora could work.
0: Possibly. A cornucopia? Yes. A gaggle?
1: Hmm. What would a gathering of superstars be called? A galaxy?
0: No, that's way too big.
1: A constellation. constellation, a constellation of superstars. Are that's not bad. That's not bad. I'm not
0: endorsing it, but I'm not ruling it out. Not that I have any say so. I believe
1: this is what we're going to go with. Okay. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. This has been fun. It's an interesting story that's unfolding for us. Um, So let's get into it. So Do episode it. five is called normal. This one we talked about a little bit off camera. It's not quite as action patched. Like there's not. In in the previous episodes, it seems like, okay, every single scene that they switch to, there's like the bam, bam, bam. Someone's getting shot. Someone's getting hit on the head with a frying pan. Someone's getting drugged. Like things are happening. This one brings the actual activity. This is the calm inside the middle of the hurricane. Yes, that's exactly right. Everything
0: went nuts. And then there was so much to talk about. In the last two episodes. And then this one, well, just like they say, it's the return to normal. It's the the high stress. The panic is over. And now we're just looking around and starting to realize what does it look like to function. And we are 30 days yes. post or one month rather. Yeah. yeah. 30, 31 days, whatever, post mm-hmm. when the power went out.
1: Right. So we open with... Um, Simon giving us some narration as he speaks into his recorder, talking about trying to find normal, even though normal is pretty weird. Mm-hmm. Um, then we hear this like tiny little scene with Carla and is he is he kills something? She shoots it. I it think it's a. The ground.
0: It, I think it's a moose. It's a moose or a deer. Well, here's when you just listen to the audio. Yeah. And I had to listen more than once. I was like, it. did she shoot a horse?
1: Okay, because it's, it's a, a loud thump
0: It's thump. a substantial sized hoof fall. Yeah. So I'm saying moose.
1: Okay. All right. Um, the ears are just...
0: quiet when they run.
1: Is that right? Mm-hmm. I've not ever been in the woods the little, with one, so I'll have to.
0: Needle hooves. They're dancing.
1: Yes. I'll have to take your word for it. I believe you. I made it up. Okay.
0: I don't know what a deer is.
1: All right. Well, in Berlin, right? Isn't that how they say Close it?
0: enough. It if is... you don't pause and you keep going, nobody will think to, like, wait, did she say it right? You just got to okay. speed through with confidence.
1: Well, it's Halloween, and they are going to go ahead and have some Halloween festivities. We do hear Izzy take that whatever she's shot into Madeline's shop, which now mm-hmm. it is a barter system only. And yeah. while Izzy's in there bartering these this meat that she's shot, and is it called cleaning for pr-
0: processing yeah. which is a word for butchering out. Butchering. All
1: yeah. I mean, Izzy's gone through some personal growth in the past month. Yeah, she- maybe she already knew how. No, you know,
0: she seems she seems a little more in touch with the physical side of life than
1: does Simon. Her dad? Hunter is her brother. Izzy's the daughter. Carla's the oh, wait. mom. <laughs> yeah. No, okay, okay.
0: But I think so, yeah, but Izzy shot the animal. Yes. But it was under the guidance of Carla. Carla yeah. had to finish off the animal. Yes. And it was Carla who was then in bartering. Was it?
1: I think. Okay, I wrote down Izzy. Whatever. Izzy was there. The important thing to note is that Madeline is like, you don't have anything to trade. Get out of here. This was two, we're not serving two you.
0: randos that had shown up. Yes. While they were in there.
1: Two randos from Boston come in saying they... Well, They have cash. They'll pay anything for just for some food they haven't eaten in several days. And um, she, Madeline says, this isn't a charity. You got nothing to trade. You get nothing to eat. She doesn't want their cash because cash has become meaningless. Right. In the course of a month, cash is completely meaningless. You got to have something. I would still hoard it just in case. Yeah. Just in
0: case society comes around. Right. I'd be like, oh, you don't want that? I'll take it. Yeah. I'd be the suitcase of cash guy.
1: Well, Izzy or Carla or somebody there has a little bit of mercy and gives him something that she has. I'm
0: pretty um, sure it's Carla.
1: Okay. Okay. I'm going to
0: say it's Carla. If you can claim Constellation of Superstars, then I'm going to claim Carla.
1: That's worth it for me. And
0: I'll accept no commentary countering that point.
1: Okay. That's fine.
0: <laughs> from the from the Constellations.
1: From the Constellations. It's one constellation, many superstars. The
0: superstellations.
1: (laughs) Okay, later in the next scene, um, Simon has a confrontation with Rick. Who's Rick, you ask?
0: Hold, hold, hold. I do want to point out, I catch these little lines here and there. And it was at the completion of this deal where I'm saying that it was Carla that gave food to this Boston couple that Madeline then kind of scolds her saying uh ultimately it's it's people they have this little argument kind of soft oh, argument about yeah. whether it's animals or humans or whatever because madeline had been treating them
1: like according animals. to
0: carla like animals yes that's right and carla's like another people and then madeline retorted with it's it's people you got to look out for and soon you're going to get that
1: yeah exactly
0: now as the episode plays out it isn't it isn't like Madeline knew something that she was pointing towards specifically, just conceptually, she was alerting us all to this tidbit.
1: I mean, I think it's fair to say by the time we are hearing Madeline in this, she is living her best off-grid life.
0: Oh, beyond off-grid. She, off-grid dictator.
1: Off, She's the dictator of the off-grid in Berlin. She is like so in her element. She is running that shop and she is just... Feeling herself mm-hmm. in her dictatorial role.
0: Not here. tolerating no stink eye.
1: <laughs> well, yes. Dale taught her that. Dale
0: would have taught her yes, exactly. before he so unfortunately left our world.
1: Well, yes. So again, Simon has a confrontation with Rick. And who is Rick? He is Lincoln's dad. Yes. And so they have this confrontation, this argument about where, you know, at least your son came back. Where is my son? And And, and
0: apparently he's been waiting, like, frequently outside of the radio station so that as soon as Simon gets off work, he can harass him every day.
1: Yeah, and he's harassing him. And he's like, you're... You keep running your radio show, you're trying to keep us all together, but you're the one that's falling apart. I mean, he's just giving him a real hard time.
0: Mentions what? that he's out of work.
1: Yeah. Which brings
0: back this question, what what about the convicts, guys? And I'm not sure we're gonna get any closure on that.
1: Chekhov's prison comes back into play. Okay, so it is Halloween and they're back at the Atani's house and they're doing all their costumes and everybody has a real penny one like old man in the sea. Someone's dressed as an old man and has a C and like a letter C. Yeah. Um, Carla is dressed as a witch, but she has put sandpaper apparently on her witch's hat. So yes. she's a sand witch. And if you like a punny Halloween costume, you would yeah. like the Atani. You'd love the Love them.
0: Um,
1: so, you know, there's some tension from Simon. He doesn't really want the kids to go out trick or treating. Carla makes a statement. You can't keep them inside forever. Um,
0: Followed kind of by their own little jabby discourse where she's recognizing mm-hmm. that he's kind of done that with his own life.
1: Yes, exactly. Apparently, Simon only goes into the radio station and comes back home and he's like, I do things, I garden and right. <laughs> stuff. I can fruit. Excuse you, how very dare you! I, I like can fruit. <laughs> I like chopping wood. Okay, so again, they the kids, the teens go into the Halloween Fest that's happening in town. Um, let's see. Apparently Jade, I think it sounds like is living with the Atanies maybe. And, and that doesn't actually come into
0: play. One of the two girls yeah. that had been with Hunter. Yeah. Which one was which one was Lincoln's girlfriend?
1: That was Jade, right?
0: Okay. Then I don't think I think it's the other one that's living Oh, with well, him. I don't know. There was a lot of girlfriend. confusion.
1: Okay. As it is that, a little Dale. confusing. They do not develop these teenage girls' characters. I yeah. demand justice on their behalf. It's not very clear what their storylines are.
0: Well, uh, the, plainly, their job is to boil water and <laughs> make meals and give <laughs> yes. drugs to people. Thank
1: but, you, Dale. That's yeah. exactly what their job is. Okay. Um, 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 um. Carla says, we go back to the Atanis. Carla's still giving Simon a hard time. She says he's tense and jumpy. All the time she says we can't hide because the world has gone to poop, although she doesn't say poop, and we have to keep trying to live. Simon says he's trying, and Carla says, well, maybe Lincoln is out there because they're talking about where could Lincoln yeah. be. I just want to know yeah. what happened. Hunter and the girls will not say Ed. Single thing.
0: Right. This is the weirdity. Yeah, there's been no explanation in the interim. Because at the end of last episode, they were like, okay, everybody's home. We've got a whole lot of stories to tell each other. Now let's not.
1: Yes, exactly. And nobody did. Hunter and the girls will not tell anybody anything. Well, as it turns out, Lincoln, you guys, he's alive. But wait. wait. What? You keep
0: skipping over little little pieces. I'm not... No. Against you. I'm with you. Because there's pieces that the come city. up again. Okay. While they're at the the Halloween festival, yes. Mayhem breaks out because somebody has screamed an alert that all the cars on Main Street have oh. had their gas siphoned. Yes. This is what breaks up
1: yes. then the
0: Halloween festivities festivities and everybody's going on their own way.
1: That's right. I forgot. That is a detail. It's an important detail. It comes it's back. to come back into back. play. I thought, it, and I didn't even make a note of it because I just thought it was like background, kind of emphasizing the tension that even though they're supposed to be at this Halloween fest and having fun and all of that, that people are still getting mad at each other in the background, in the audio. But you're right, the specific detail about the gas being siphoned out of the cars does come back into play. So, returning to this next scene, Lincoln is alive. Mm-hmm. We do find out confirmed, he confirms that Dale is dead.
0: Thankfully, he's more weird than he was. <laughs> <laughs> he
1: is. I just, he's weird and like unhinged a little bit, but also. A little he, bit? I feel bad for him as I look at him as a just a teenage boy trying to deal with, like, he had to deal with Dale's dead body. He just stayed out there at Dale's cabin. He's been living off the land. He was like, Dale left me with everything I could have possibly needed. Right. So he's really taken up Dale's way of life. Lincoln
0: killed a guy to steal from Anchor Man when Rick killed a guy.
1: Lincoln literally killed a guy. The pilot's still right. buried out there right. on Dale's property. Um, he, t- he, But he gets lonely. He realizes that by the time He's sad when the birds fly away, the birds that he's built a bird feeder for, when they fly away and he's sad. He's like, I'm lonely. I need some human contact, human relationship. So he goes to find Jade. We think that's his girlfriend. Which he he
0: wouldn't have heard when they broke up because she broke up with him after she cracked him over the head with the frying pan.
1: Exactly. He finds her and says, come back with me. We have supplies to last for years. I'm different now. And Jade is like, uh, get the F out. Right. You Absolutely not. You are Captain Strangel. Go yeah, away. Exactly. Yeah. I thought in that scene, I thought he was literally going to kidnap her and be like, you're coming back to the cabin with me. He doesn't. He doesn't. We don't know what happens. The scene ends with basically uh, Lincoln saying, Jade, I have nobody else. So.
0: Well, <laughs> Yes.
1: Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry. It's fine.
0: The scene, yes. I was thinking you were saying episode, and I was like, Wait, no! there was some oh, no. Something
1: very important happens yeah. before the end. Are we ready to talk about yes, that? Yes, please do okay. apologize
0: for my incessant interruptions. Just...
1: Well, it's good. It's like Just give me
0: a super face palm and back <laughs> off.
1: I... Grab the big picture of the story, but you grab the relevant details that help the story have a through line.
0: Together, we bring incoherency to the masses. To
1: the constellation.
0: To the constellations (laughs) of
1: masses. Yes. Okay. This final scene of this episode called Normal has Lincoln. He's left Jade, wherever she was. He gets into town, and he accidentally stumbles on Madeline's sort of cabal. Yes. (laughs) And he discovers what?
0: Well, so she's there with the mayor right
1: mayor walter
0: mayor placeholder yeah and they are working the telegraph machine they're recognizing hey after all it's been several weeks since we've heard from the one guy who is the intermediary between us and control yes and they're pounding away on the telegraph in comes in comes lincoln they don't recognize him at first then they do and he's like hey i've seen a telegraph machine at Dale's and it all ultimately comes out one that Dale is no more Mm -hmm. and two he asks what in the hell are all these cans of gasoline and we look back to this point where the Halloween festivities broke up because someone had stolen gasoline and she was like don't worry about
1: it don't you worry your pretty little head Lincoln Yeah. yeah and so then the scene ends with that both, both, both of them revealing big pieces of information. Yes. Uh, Madeline has been stealing the gas. Dale's dead. That's the end of that episode.
0: So as we move into okay. episode six, and, and do keep in mind, we have scenes acted out that we listen to. We have moments of Simon on the radio broadcasting to people and then we have moments of simon speaking to a voice recorder right these are the three different
1: yes uh,
0: sets if you will
1: narrative construct yes
0: uh, okay yes. fancy pants <laughs> would you like to correct me in any other way I
1: wasn't mom correct. I wasn't correcting i was okay. adding to.
0: i i'm sensitive today okay you're a brace <laughs> <laughs> You're the sandwich.
1: I am the sandwich. Please keep going. Okay.
0: So as he's speaking to the, the voice recorder at the beginning of this, um, he mentions that they're waiting for a clear voice of authority like they're used to. Mm-hmm. And that's worth even thinking about a little bit just in context of today's life and times mm-hmm. where we all, I think, regularly step back to wait and see who's the voice of authority that's going to speak, because that's what we're used to. Right, that's true. doesn't mean it's right. It means it's what we're used to. Um, we transition from that to our good old friends, Randy and Todd.
1: Randy and Todd have given themselves a glow-up. They're no longer the Neighborhood Watch. They are now the Neighborhood militia. And it's not just them. No, it's not just them. There it's is an expanded.
0: actual organized... Yeah. They... They didn't dream up. They joined Madeline's militia.
1: uh, Yeah. Organized, we'll talk about here in a minute, is being generous. But...
0: In a state of chaos, it's pretty dang organized.
1: Okay. So the voice of authority comes knocking on the door of the Atani's house at two in the morning. They are there to arrest Hunter. Mm -hmm. So apparently when Lincoln ran into Madeline and crew, he started singing like a canary.
0: Right. Well, they had to know. What do you mean Dale's dead? Exactly.
1: He throws Hunter all the way completely under the bus. And so here is the neighborhood militia, Randy and Todd, there to arrest Hunter. Of course, Simon and Carla are freaking out and they're like, what are you talking about? Absolutely not. And then Hunter comes out and he's like, it's okay. It's true. I'll go with them. Okay. So we... You know, Simon goes with him to the jail. This is where I was talking about the lack of organization.
0: Well, it's not that it's not organized. It's It's, it's being run by idiots.
1: It's a little Keystone Cops here. Yeah. Like, where's the key that works? They can't figure out how... Well, they they don't have a cell to put him in, so they they, put him in a break room.
0: They didn't have a key to get into the facility in general. Right. And they're trying to radio in, and the dipshit inside is like holding down the the talk button the whole time instead of letting go to listen. And they're just like, I
1: mean, it's funny. It's a little bit of humor in the midst of a very tense moment. Um, You know, Hunter's really struggling with what to say. and And then Simon's like, is there going to be an attorney? Do we get an attorney? You know, they're trying, this is only 30 days in to the blackout and to, Society as we know it in current modern age, right. uh, Really crumbling, and so they're like, you know, what about rights? Is there going to be an attorney? Um, Simon tells Hunter not to say anything. We switch scenes over to Madeline and Mayor Walter.
0: Indeed, they're, they're in the church.
1: In the church, yes.
0: Which they have commandeered, yes, at
1: least for the immediate time. That's right. Madeline says this is going to be a trial with. Capital R real, capital A authority. Real
0: authority, heavy real. air quotes.
1: Yes, real authority, no red tape. She says, You know what? I'm going to sit up there behind that pulpit. I think that'll convey yeah. the message quite well to the people. Wearing a robe. Wearing a robe because there still has to be some sense of theater. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, she has kind of set the scene for like, Oh, Hunter's been arrested and there's going to be a trial. And oh, yeah. I'm going to preside over it. Which she does. Yep. The
0: general proceedings of the trial are much like the experience of trying to get into the jail. Yes. It's just kind of mostly whoever feels like talking kind of does intermittently. Yeah. Sometimes she stops and sometimes she doesn't. Right. Unformed bad testimony, ignoring what nobody wants to hear. I don't know then if some of the testimony is coerced. Or if it's just other people freaking out, because eventually then they're also trying to throw Simon under the bus right. for different reasons, which yes. kind of reaches its peak with Simon testifying. But then all of a sudden, Madeline has has transitioned from pure judge to both judge and prosecuting attorney, questioning yep. him, yep. trying to discredit him. It's a real show of Poo, a poo show.
1: <laughs> it gets real bad from the beginning, and it gets worse from there. This is yeah. Madeline's show. There's not a lot else going on except for her authority in mm-hmm. that, um, which is questioned.
0: At which point, somebody says, "How?" Uh, maybe Mama, maybe yeah. and Carla said, yeah. "How do you have authority?" What's she saying? I
1: can't remember. How, do, I, how do, I took it. Yeah. She keeps. She's like super into Patrick Henry. Is it Patrick Henry?
0: There, were, there's a handful of historic names yeah. unique to the region that she brings up, yes. cites as though they were a six gun of her own. Yeah. And yeah, just ultimately justifying. I am queen, yes. judge, jury, possibly executioner. All the things.
1: Yeah. Uh, Lincoln testifies against Hunter. Of course, he's sort of the star witness. Um, but I do think it's interesting that we, what you said. So Simon testifies and I just keep thinking about what you had pointed out in the earliest episode, that the Atani family is clearly an outsider to this community, even though they had lived there for a number of years. I mean, at one point when Lincoln's testifying, Carla yells at him like Lincoln, I've known you since you were six years old. Mm -hmm. And so obviously they've been there for years like at this point. At yeah. Least, yeah. But at the same time, they are not truly one of Berlin's own. And so you get this sense of not only is Hunter literally on trial, but they're, yeah, they're all too happy to throw accusations at Simon. So yes, in, uh, just a singular decision, then Madeline as judge Declares that yep. Hunter is guilty and not just guilty but of... Uh, First degree murder. Which you did. Which
0: is... And case. I wrote this down so I wouldn't screw it up. Willful and premeditated. Which, like anything else in this, it doesn't fit what happened. Yeah. Um, he didn't set out... They didn't set out to kill Dale. Right. They set out purposefully to drug him to get away. Which yeah. would have been a self-defense yes. thing for sure. And... Hunter wasn't even the one who administered the drugs, any of this. And part of that weirdness comes up in testimony, which Judge Madeline shuts down. Mm -hmm. She has decided plainly, and we'll know this, Um, was there anything additional to that before we move to...
1: Just that Hunter takes full responsibility. He does, when she says, do you have anything you want to say before sentencing, he does try to say it with self-defense. But then she gives him the... Again, she alone in the moment decides on what his punishment will be. Mm-hmm. And it is going to be death by hanging. By hanging. Yeah.
0: How quaint. Um, so, okay. Well, before...
1: And also the courtroom goes completely nuts when she says Right. That.
0: right. It's so not it's like everybody's on board with yeah. it. But then, again, maybe everybody's sitting around waiting for authority yes. to act because they don't know how to. Yeah. Um, we do have a then intermission moment where Lincoln who evidently now is part of the militia and that gives him access to the jail. Mm -hmm. He visits Hunter in jail and inquires why, why didn't you tell him I shot the pilot? Because that came up in the conversation in the, in the trial rather, which was more of a one-sided conversation Mm -hmm. than a trial, That the pilot had been there and was dead and buried somewhere out there. Um, And he ultimately gives a weird, like, well, my life's ruined, my family's life's ruined, no point in ruining anyone else's lives, uh, which feels both weird and uh, probably a little bit too mature for someone that age. I was going
1: to say, it's a little suspension of disbelief to believe that a 16 or 17-year-old boy who has literally, his life's hanging in the balance, wouldn't be like pointing all the fingers. It's a little bit of an idealistic view, but hey, we're listening to fiction, and so... Yeah, he's like I didn't want your life to be ruined along with mine essentially. Right. Um at the end of this episode, Simon goes to Madeline directly.
0: Yeah, to- goes goes to the general store or whatever it is she's running.
1: Yeah, to plead for Hunter's life. He's like I will do anything. You're into you're big into bartering. Let's barter. Well, she
0: reveals leading into the bartering portion, she reveals that She knows the kids. She knows it was probably self-defense, all of that. But that really all of this was a means for her to establish authority. To
1: establish authority because it's almost winter. She's like, if this town is going to make it through the winter, Mm -hmm. there's got to be an authority. It's going to be me. Basically, Hunter's the sacrificial lamb to prove that you don't step out of line or you die in Berlin. Right.
0: She obviously had more than just that planned as well. Yeah. Because... She's, she's eager for the bartering to begin where then she ultimately grants, she, she gives a stay of execution in exchange for allowing her to propagandize the radio station where going forward, Simon will present whatever it is she's written down for him to read. And so then the sentence is changed to exile.
1: Yes. Forced exile. So as the episode concludes, they literally march. There's even like a drum, like it sounds like a revolutionary warrior, a drum. They march him to the outskirts of town, they being the militia, march him to the outskirts of town. He's given orders to uh, not ever try to come back and contact his parents. His parents are being watched to make sure that he doesn't try to come back home. Um, If he ever sets foot in Berlin again, he will be shot on sight. And so, and he doesn't have a blanket, not a piece of food, nothing. They literally just... take him out to the edge of town and like goodbye um so he's of course panicked and freaking out and we think the episode's going to be over except at the very last minute
0: well two things at the last okay first we segue to simon on the voice recorder yes saying maybe we should stop looking to Mm -hmm. others or looking to authority which kind of brings, from opening to end, it brings this full concept of this is what we're conditioned to, it's what we expect, but now maybe this isn't the right answer. Right. And then...
1: And then uh, pops out of nowhere, out in the wilderness, Izzy, his twin sister, and Bill. Happy Bill the Prepper. Bill the Prepper. And she's like, did you think we were going to let you just come out here and starve to death? Um, They basically, uh, they're like, we're here to save you. And we got a plan. We've got a plan. And that's how this episode ends. There's only two episodes left. Only two more.
0: We'll wrap it up either tomorrow or Saturday. We'll see. Probably tomorrow, but we'll see.
1: Yeah. So anyway, this has been a fun listen. Thank you guys for listening along with us. And have an awesome today, would you? Please do. Bye. Bye.
0: In contemporary astronomy. 88 constellations are recognized by the International Astronomical Union. One of them is named Scutum. When Kyle first read this, he thought it was Scrotum. He laughed hysterically, like the 7th grade boy that he is.